All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well? We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 32 of the Biohacker Babes. I'm Renee and I'm here with my sister, Lauren. And today we're going to be continuing on the topic of brain health. And we have two very special guests today known as the Brain Brothers. And Lauren and I actually met them at Paleo FX, the awesome conference we go to in Austin every April. So we've been kind of building over the last year, our friendship, and so excited to have them on the show today. So a little background about Chris and Joseph Clausen. They're the co-founders of Memento. It's a mission-driven company focused on brain health. Prior to founding Memento, Joseph had a career as a luxury yacht captain, traveling the Mediterranean, Caribbean, Alaska, and Australia. Chris has a background as an artist, photographer, and designer. 
So both are serial entrepreneurs, having founded numerous small businesses through the years. Through their father and grandfather, their family has witnessed firsthand the devastation that cognitive decline creates. As sons in this genetic lineage, they knew that unless they acted and took the necessary steps, they would likely suffer the same fate. For the sake of their loved ones and millions of people affected by cognitive decline, they set out on a mission to change their destiny. They both have a history of traumatic brain injury from playing high school football. Chris was knocked unconscious for several hours during a high school football game. Joe, living as an adventurer, mountaineer, snowboarder, sustained a massive head injury while backcountry snowboarding in Colorado. This resulted in multiple skull fractures, broken C3 vertebra, and a fractured eye socket. The standard American diet left them pre-diabetic and overweight. After witnessing their father's rapid descension into cognitive decline, they started investigating their own cognitive health through functional medical tests. The results were frightening. Genetic testing revealed that they were both APOE4 positive, which is a genetic marker that indicates an increased likelihood of cognitive decline. QEEG brain scans indicated damage to the frontal temporal lobes and possible decreased brain activity. Blood tests also revealed that their diets were deficient in omega-3 fatty acids that are critical for brain function. The good news from their research is that all of these factors can be rectified through lifestyle changes in diet, supplementation, sleep, stress management, and exercise. The brain throughout life has the capability of repair and growth. The key is to start the process of providing your brain with energy and nutrients it needs as soon as possible and continuing those habits daily throughout life. Their vision in creating this company is to innovate and share techniques and products that can be incorporated into our daily routines that will support the lifestyle of long-term cognitive strength. Woo! Love it. You guys are so perfect for our show. We are obsessed with brain health and all about prevention. So I love what you're doing. Well, we love what you're doing. So welcome to the show. Welcome, Thank guys. You. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us on. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. So I just have to say, Lauren and I, we talk a lot about the APOE4. You know, our families have a similar connection with our grandfather passing from Alzheimer's. We both have the APOE4 as well. So we really resonate with what you guys are doing. And when we first met in Austin last year, I was just so excited to hear about your company. Yeah, it's funny that we all have that in common. I love that, finding commonality on the show. Like with the aura ring, I walk around anytime I see someone with the ring, it's like, ooh, we're in the club. And now there's like a little <laughs> E4 club too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's 25% of the population is at APOE boards. Crazy. But how many yeah. of those people do you think are aware of it? Very few. Very, very few. We really encourage everybody to get their genetic tests done and find out. And it's so important because it's more than just that you're predisposed for Alzheimer's. It's, it's what kind of fish oil you take and crossing the blood-brain barrier. There's lots of things that APOE boards need to be aware of. Yeah, and I know you guys have done a lot of research about that. I will say on a side note of having APOE4, supposedly we are more protected from parasites. So that's the good All news right. of APOE4. <laughs> yeah, there's if you can if you can keep your brain intact, it's it's actually good for longevity. So oh, it's not awesome. it's not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself. You just gotta do the right things to make sure that your brain is functioning as you live a long time. Yeah, so just having the awareness is already taking a step in the right direction, I'm sure. Yeah, sure. it's it's amazing how many people you talk to about cognitive decline, and they they don't want to know, um, even though they have a family history. But their mother had it, or their grandmother, and then they're just unwilling. They say, "Well, why would you? Why do I want to know this? Nothing I can do about it." And you go, "Well, that's not oh. true." 
Yeah, that's you know, that, that putting your sticking your head in the sand is just a guaranteed way, you know, that you will probably suffer the consequences of inaction. Yeah, especially with all the opportunity and information that's out there now, there's so much that we can do with it. That was one of like our initial conversations on this podcast was about genetic testing. And I know so many people that are like, nope, nope, nope. I'd rather <laughs> not know. Just like you said, it's, it's crazy. Like this is the best time to move forward with that information. Yeah. And, and what everybody also follows that up with is um, just tell me what to do. Just, right. just tell me what to do. Give me the easy button. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. Because it's, yeah. it's scary to think about losing your mind and your ability to think. Sure. Yeah. Actually, at the anti-aging conference in December, where I ran into you guys again, I remember one of the doctors that was speaking said, I think it was like, like number one fear health-wise for 70 years old and higher was dementia. I mean, that is a huge fear and understandably so. Yeah, it's so. it's not it's not pretty. Our father's going through it right now. We, our grandfather, we we saw him go through it when we were younger, and it's it's not good for it's not good for my mom who's having to take care of him. It's not good for for him, obviously, or us or our grandkids um, who are our kids who don't really have the grandfather they should. So it affects. It's a disease that just spreads and affects so many people. Yeah, that, the I mean, caretaker takes the brunt of it for sure. That's right. And it's predominantly a woman's disease. I mean, women get it, Alzheimer's dementia, two to one to uh, to men. And then there's 75% of the time the caregiver, like it's either the husband has passed or has left or it's just too hard or men maybe is not nurturing in, in our nature as, as much as women. So either the daughter or the auntie or, you know, it ends up being so even, even, even women get it twice as much. Women are three quarters of the time the caregiver and they're the ones that really, really suffer Mm. I was going to say, fortunately, you guys are doing a lot of work with prevention, which is key. Well, I just have so many questions for you guys. I don't want to get ahead. Like, <laughs> I, we're going to be here all day. I'm. I almost want to dive more into your story and how you're using that information to help your family and your loved ones, because that seems to be a really difficult thing sometimes when you have a lot of information. Helping the ones closest to you. Can you guys talk a little bit about how you started this journey? Because I think the impetus was to help your family. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it just, my parents were living in Colorado. I live in Oklahoma and, and they moved to be closer to me so that I could help. And I had, hadn't really lived close to them in 20 years before that, really. And then I got to see it really on a day-to-day -day basis of uh, how bad dad was getting. And it just really, on a daily basis, it starts to really hit home. Um, like it, it felt like the analogy for me was, I'm on a I'm on a train track. There's a locomotive head straight for me. I got to figure out a way to get off, you know. So and this was probably about three years ago, and called Joe, and we have two other brothers, and said, "Hey, we got to start doing something different, and we got to figure it out." And that's really before uh, like Dale Bredesen's book, The End of Alzheimer's, came out, and really wasn't a lot of information at that time. And it's like you do research online then. And it was like, uh, you know, play, do more crossword puzzles. And it's just like, okay, so I know that lack of crossword puzzles is not why we get dementia or Alzheimer's. So there's there's another reason. So we just set out to, to research and learn, started reading everything, listening to podcasts, going to conferences until we kind of figured it out on our own, basically, from, from that. And it just started implementing those changes in our own lives and um, encouraging other people to do the same. 
I remember that when like the Sudoku puzzles also came out and then all these like brain game apps, it was sort of like this influx of just play games and, and work your brain all day. But I'm so happy that all this other information is, <clears throat> is servicing now, especially with the diet. And I'm so excited to get into your seven pillars. I, I love, I don't know if there's an order to them. You can explain them, but if there is, it's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there is a little bit of an order although it's just kind of a, a way for us to kind of tie it back to our brand in, in a funny way. So it spells out memento, our seven pillars do, if you look at them. And, and they're basically mindfulness, exercise, meaning, essential nutrients, night, a good night's sleep, togetherness, and an optimized diet. And we feel like, and of course, every under, every, under every one of those categories, there's, it goes pretty deep. But if you take care of those seven things, you really are going a long way to take care of your brain. Where did you get the name Memento? Memento, of course, is a token of memory is what it means. And uh, it was just, as you're trying to name a brand, it's really, really difficult. And uh, particularly as you deal with trademarks and, and things like that, where other people own them, and so a lot of things get eliminated. We were very fortunate that uh, we were able to swoop in and get the trademark from Memento that was used to be owned by Nestle. So we're kind of proud that we were able to snag that. So we just feel like it's a good tie back to you know our mission and memory and in the brain. Awesome. I love that. I just immediately think of the movie Memento. That's a crazy movie. <laughs> that Ooh, is good. I don't know that movie. Really I don't know. Yeah. It's about uh, short-term memory loss. Yeah. So brain health. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. That's an intense yeah. movie to watch for sure. I'll have to go back and rewatch that. I don't remember it. <laughs> Oh gosh, I don't remember it. I didn't mean to say that, but yeah. did you watch it? Oh, I think I did. So interesting, your your seven pillars. I mean, it's definitely like a great holistic approach, which we advocate on this podcast. Do you want to dive into a little bit deeper of like each of the seven pillars? Sure, sure. I'd love to. Joe, do you want to start? Sure, sure. So, you know, starting with with mindfulness, and it's not just you know, we, we try to incorporate some mindfulness in, into the daily, like all of these, these seven pillars, we just want them to become just little, little 1% changes that you can make in your life. You don't have to do an hour of meditation every day to be mindful. Uh, it's, it's too hard for a lot of people, especially when they're first learning. So just incorporating, just starting just with a, a, a very short mindfulness practice. And for me, I like to do it before I even my feet hit the ground in the morning, because I'm, I'm a little kind of ADD and my once I start the process of getting up and doing my thing for the day, I find it really hard to stop my brain from just running forward with my plans and and and, and planning out the day. So I actually do it, took some advice from a book one time and, and just do it as soon as I'm awake up, just my eyes open. I kind of I usually pull myself into a seated position and I just breathe deeply and I just do a couple of minutes of just meditating and just trying to just being calming myself and just kind of not trying to make plans for the day or anything. Just breathe and just kind of be be present there for a few minutes. So it really helps me because it allows me to do it before I start my arm starts running or before I pick my phone up. Um, so it's just encouraging people to be that, but it's not only mindfulness in that way, but mindfulness of, of you know, being present in conversation, being mindfulness of like what you eat and, and when you're eating and not just scarfing your food down as not, not taking the time to be mindful of what you're doing and the nutrients that you're putting in your body. So mindfulness covers a broad range. It's kind of like one of the first pillars is, is our mindfulness. 
And do you think that practice in the morning helps you to be mindful throughout your day? And like, is that the practice? Are you setting up your body to remember that intention? It really does for me because I set my intention. And then I also take that that few minutes to do a little bit of a part of my mindfulness is, is, is that, that gratitude for being, for waking up and being here and, and, you know, for my, for my kids and for my family and the opportunity to be, to work with my brother and, and stuff like that. So it's really sets the tone for my, my mood for the day. When I take those first few moments to be mindful and to be grat- grateful for, for what I've got. That's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. along the seven pillars, um, you know, one thing we encourage when we when we talk about these are, and you guys went over this actually in your last podcast about small habits. And um, I think you were quoting a different book, but another book uh, by James Clear, Atomic Habits, talks about habit stacking and just starting with something really small. So another hack in the morning for that is uh, like tick not hands, uh, drink your tea slowly. So the first cup of coffee or tea you have, you know, no, no iPhone, no television, just, just set your intention in that day and really revolve your whole world around doing that one thing and drinking that tea slowly or your coffee very slowly with memento in it, maybe. And, uh, and just enjoying that cup and setting your intention for that day. So encouraging small little habits to make these bigger changes is what we want to encourage people to do. And I have to say, I struggle with not checking my phone within the first hour of waking up. But I remember, I think it was Sean Croxton that told me this years ago. He said, your email inbox is everyone else's to-do list for you. He's like, so the second you open that, you're giving your personal time to other people. So I love that you guys are really focusing on yourself. And, and Joe, we were talking about this at dinner the other night. You said you spend an hour in the morning for yourself. Like you're prioritizing yeah. yourself before you start the day. I do think yeah, that's super yeah. so important. I try to, I know some people call it the 5 a.m. club, or if your day starts earlier, it might have to be the 4 a.m. club, or if your day doesn't start till 9, it could be the 8 a.m. club. Whatever whatever suits your time frame. it's really just taking the first hour of the day to, like for me, uh, when I'm at home, it's typically, you know, I just I get up, I do my first few minutes before I even get out of bed, just kind of a meditation, but then I put the kettle on. And for my, I usually have a cup of green tea or something. And then while that's doing boiling, I'm literally breathing and stretching and moving and just kind of getting that cortisol out of my body, maybe some push ups or something. And then I sit and have my cup of tea without too much fuss or no, no electronics. And then I do a little gratitude journaling. And then the last, I kind of break it up into 20 minute segments. And then, so the first 20 is kind of drinking some water and moving and then drinking the tea and gratitude journaling. And then the last 20 is usually like, I'll just like jump into a podcast that I really want to listen to, or maybe read or reflect on, on something. But yeah, just that first hour for Joe or for me just sets, sets the day right. Then I don't feel like, I always feel like I'm always on top of everything in my, for my, my life, you know, I forget everything in, in, its, in its little box. Yeah. That's an amazing morning. <laughs> I I'm very inspired. I'm going to work on that. Yeah. I actually have like 15 minutes of Lauren time, but I'm going to work on an hour. Yeah. I try to do an hour. But Joe and I were talking about the sleep chronotype thing the other day. And I, like, Joe, I think you're a dolphin like you, Lauren, you know, so you all can like stay up later and wake up earlier, which is, I think, advantageous to this one hour in the morning, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm also just like hungry for more sleep. So I'm a little resistant to to getting that entire hour before I have to like go see a client or, or just be anywhere. I struggle yeah. with that. Just building right, a little work. extra time. Yeah, <laughs> totally. 
Well, I'm a surfer by, uh, you know, from my sport when I'm back in Australia. So early morning is usually the call. So you kind of have to get up pre-dawn to, to get the waves before the onshore gets there, especially at the summertime. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have to be an early riser to be a surfer. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So the second pillar is exercise. Can you talk about the importance and how that links with mindfulness and meaning and your brain? Definitely. Definitely. Well, exercise has been shown, you know, as far as cognitive decline goes, some studies came out with, you know, women above 60, it was the number one factor in, in staving off uh, cognitive decline was 20, 20 minutes, three times a week. That's not a lot of exercise. Yeah, um, not at all. So and it's no. And so and like that little amount had a dramatic effect of something like a 60% reduction. So like that's, you know, even above probably some level, some people may say above diet is, is getting some consistent exercise and moving just reduces insulin sensitivity, increases BDNF. There's, there's many, many factors why exercise is so important. I mean, we specifically for APO4 stuff, we do, or I do a high intensity interval training. Uh, I don't really do a lot of long cardio stuff. I do more, I have to try to really increase my BDNF and my recovery and and stuff that's really good to push my cardiovascular system. So I really like high intensity interval training. It's kind of uh, my bag. If, if I'm doing any cardio, it's normally swimming. I always love, love looking at the blue zones and they're just very physically active. They're not doing, they're not running marathons, that's for sure. But, you know, maybe they're just walking to the grocery store 20 minutes every day, something super simple, but it's just that daily movement. Yeah, getting, and once again, getting into a habit of um, not sitting too long or not being, if you're, if you're working incorporating some kind of movement into it and do once again do a, do a habit stack of maybe if you get a, a drink of water replenish your water maybe you also incorporate some movement at that time so you girls though you you end up being in front of the computer a lot and if you got to get something done sometimes hours can go by and sometimes you sit there for hours before you realize it but just incorporating 10 minutes of every hour into some kind of movement helps over the long run and speaking yeah. of sitting for long periods of time, I have to say kudos to you guys because you just drove cross country and I just love this. I've been telling everyone about it. And you would stop on your brakes and do one push up for every mile that you drove. Like yep. that was so cool. I think everyone driving cross country should do that. So how That's many push ups awesome. did you do? 1,250 over, over two days of driving. Whoa. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun. The, the last couple were pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> but it, it goes to it goes to show that you know that can, that can seem daunting. Like, okay, we're going to do twelve hundred fifty pushups in the next two days, but basically we broke them up into you know sets of fifty along the way, and so it just goes to show that you take something big and break it down into small tasks that it's very doable. Yeah, amazing. So many people would say, "Oh, I'm traveling, whatever, in the car for so long. I can't. I can't." But you can. I love that. Yeah, and just small. It's easy, it, it's easy to make up, um, you know, plenty of excuses why you can't do it or why it'd be inconvenient or it's going to add too much time to the drive or whatever. Didn't really. Just stop and do fifty push-ups takes you know sixty seconds or two minutes. Yeah, yeah. So you know maybe add a total uh, an hour's you know where we got to stop for gas and go to the bathroom occasionally anyway, and we just knocked them out when we did it. You know, try to stop in fun places for for videos. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And just that, that, that whole, that just being able to take something that's massive and go, wow, I got to do 1200 pushups. I don't know if I can do it. Your mind is like, that just seems so, so big. 
then you go, oh, 50, I can do 50, you know, and then just keep doing that over and over and just, just grabbing little bites of, of a big thing allows you, it's you know analogous to your life. You know, you got big projects to do and you think, oh my gosh, how am I going to get any of this done? Well, just start, just start doing something and then take the next step and then the next step. And then before you know, you're same, you're at the top of the mountain. You know? Yeah. Lots of milestones. And then eventually you, you get to your goal. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I guess kind of like the seven pillars, right? Maybe you would just start with one, focus on that for a week or a month, whatever you would recommend. And then you go to the next one. And then before you know it, you're doing all seven. And don't exactly. even think about it. Precisely. I really want to get into essential nutrients. I know you guys are not product driven, but you do have an incredible product that we have to share with our audience. Can Is this a good time to talk about the Memento Brothers amazing products <laughs> and what's in it and why it's so awesome? Well, we... Um... We created this product obviously for ourselves. We were um, supplementing, basically doing our best to follow the Bredesen protocol for Alzheimer's prevention, and it's it's heavily in su- heavy in supplementation. And taking that a uh, number of supplements on the daily basis became a job, and and then it was time consuming managing all this stuff. You know, ordering them all, ordering and maintaining all these different pill bottles and some come in larger quantities than others and you're running out of this one you forget to reorder and you're not doing a very good job of maintaining the the protocol and and to bottom line it was pretty expensive to maintain so we thought man there would just be a better way and then there's some really great companies like four sigmatic they started making like mushroom coffee and lion's mane mushroom is one of the supplements that we wanted to take for increasing bdnf and encouraging myelination so we're like oh let's buy some mushroom powder and then you're doing MCT, but MCT oil kind of just sits on top of your coffee. You got to do a blender thing and it gets complicated. And we're like, well, that's not fun. So we found a powdered MCT. So we went down that route and kind of created a powdered version of what we've got right now, just ourselves. And it was pretty good. And we were giving this away to people and people were going, you guys got to make this. But we really wanted to add omega-3 DHA. And so we started down that road, could not find a powder DHA that we could tolerate the taste of. So then we ended up going around this emulsification route, which then led us to the product that we have today. So it, it has a C8 MCT oil base for ketone production. It's the most readily available, turns into ketones immediately, is allowed. Basically, it goes to your bloodstream, your cells can use it directly. It also goes straight to your liver, where it turns immediately into ketone bodies. And then we have omega-3 DHA and EPA from an algal source. So it's a vegan, a vegan source of, of omega-3s. And we're not harvesting anything from the ocean, which is nice. It's actually grown in, in, in laboratory conditions. We also have choline, which goes hand in hand, which is a essential nutrient that most people are deficient in. And choline works with DHA to transport and to be used as, as to build your, your myelination around your neurons and to build a fatty lipid layer around all your cells. So kind of that's the, the ultimate combo. It's the fuel, but it's also the building blocks of, of what you need to, to be neuroprotective. We also have a, have a novel ingredient in there, which is a CRQ, which is a, a silk peptide, which is an amino acids from silk fibrin that's broken down with an enzyme, creates a, a similar amino acid profile to collagen and it's been shown in their studies to really support vascular health, which is very important, keeping blood flow going to the brain. Where does that ingredient come from? I'm not familiar with that. It's actually from silk, from silk, like silk that you make your clothes out of. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, they use an enzyme to break the silk fibrin down, and then that ends up being I mean, so amino acids, uh, peptides that your body uses to build you know, your capillary walls with and stuff. So it's really good for your connective tissue. 
and L-theanine from green tea. So that works synergistically with caffeine to give you a calm focus and really allows your the caffeine to, uh, instead of a real spike, caffeine in and tail off, it kind of works just like a much steadier run with the caffeine or if you've ever supplemented L-theanine. It's really, really good. You can drink a lot of green tea and never get the caffeine jitters versus if you had like half a dozen cups of coffee, you'd be shaking. But L-theanine really levels that out. Awesome. Cool. Amazing combination. I love it. Thanks. Thanks. It, We're it very, very great. happy. It. Thanks. So these are all creamers that you would add to your coffee, correct? Is there anything else you would possibly add it to? You know, well, you can use it as a creamer. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, creamer. I guess it's a creamer. We we got to be careful with that. It, it's a it's a nootropic supplement that tastes good in and on uh. things. This is how is the spiel. Um, because uh, if you just compare it to other creamers, you might be like, "Well, I'm spending a lot of money on this creamer," but really, it, it's uh, it's a functional food that's going to yeah. go into coffee or on top of a healthy dessert. It goes really good on like keto ice cream and stuff like that. So we've we've done a lot to try to make it taste good. We feel like we really have done uh, to, that. We're winning on taste compared to other emulsified MCTs that are out there. Yeah, the macadamia creamer is my favorite thing of all time. That's yeah. that's winning for me because I love macadamia anything. And I feel like not as many people are into that product, like macadamia nuts, milk, whatever. I think it's, it's so such delicious. a good creamy nut. It's just so delicious. Oh, so yeah. good. Yeah, I just eat mine right off the spoon. Oh, delicious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah while everyone else yeah. is drinking oat milk, I'm like macadamia all the way. For sure. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, I, if I have a latte, if I can, you know, I love it when they have they have the milkadamia product uh, where you can just add that. Um, but if I don't, what's so good about Mento is it can go straight into black coffee and it makes it pretty creamy. Yeah, awesome. And and it's just, you add it so easily. Like it, you guys really did this so well because it, it blends, it's portable. It's everything that I want it to be. It's so great. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you can actually just put the creamer in the bottom of a cup and then pour the coffee on top. I think, Joe, you were showing me that A4M. I was like, no way that will mix. And it did. Yeah. It was like, great. Yeah, yeah. It's nice with the multiplication. You don't have to use a blender or a stick wand or or anything. You can just pour it in. Like, if you're pouring it out of, into the coffee, that's exactly. I just put it in the cup first and then the action of pouring the coffee in it mixes it up. So cool. Yeah, super easy. So and it, makes, know, with it that, makes it easy. Sorry, just right. Yeah, with that, we that's part of what we were trying to do. So the taste, make it so that we enjoy it, but that we get these things on a daily basis. You know, it's 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 easy to just leave the pills behind. I'm too busy. I didn't do it. But when you make it part of your habit and make it part of something that you enjoy, then compliance goes up tremendously. And maybe instead of just one serving of it, you have a couple or three, which is actually just going to do you more good anyway. So we feel like that's that's key on trying to get these nutrients into, into your brain and into your body is, is making it convenient and enjoyable for people. Totally. That's I didn't even think about the compliance factor. That's huge. Yeah, you have to enjoy it. And it alleviates the pill burden. You know, you're not going to a jar and opening it and taking four fish pills out and then a couple of lion's veins and then some healthy eating and then you then you're actually adding an NCT oil to the to the coffee. And we've had some comments go, wow, this is really, you know, you're you know, $59, your product's expensive. I'm like, well, have you just add it up? Go go and look at your how much your fish oils cost cost you. And you stack them all together, it's like, well. A is a handful of pills in one hand and then or a cup of coffee and we're actually cheaper 
per serving than the handful of pills. It is, you know, in, in being APO4, it's, you know, it's important that you're getting the right type of fish oil as well. So the phospholipid form is more available for us for transport into the brain. So, um, so just looking for that that in your source, and, and which is good is that's our source. So the whole product speak? is vegan friendly then? It's Correct. Okay. The caramel version does have some whey protein to add for its creaminess, but the macadamia version is a vegan product, correct? There's no whey protein, no whey protein awesome. in, that, in that one. Gotcha. So how do people know? There, there's so many omega-3s on the market. How would someone know if they're getting... The you don't really know. They don't normally list it. So it's typically from like krill oil and some fish oils, the higher quality stuff. But a lot of it is, uh, a lot of the stuff you just get off the shelf is is the triglyceride form, which is great. It's good for your body, but it doesn't really pass a blood-brain barrier for, particularly for APO4s, which is not great fat metabolizers. It's where the choline does come in to help because it is a transporter molecule for DHA. Great. That's really helpful. So your next pillar, sleep, which we love talking about. Lauren and I are obsessed with hacking our sleep. It's definitely important for brain health, but if you want to share why you included that. Yeah, again, it's essential. And again, one of probably the most important things, some of the research that they've just finding out, you know, the, the microglial cells and, and that whole system that only only really fires up when we're in a deep sleep. So um, avoiding things at um, in the evening at night that can disrupt deep sleep, just, you know, some people, you know, can have a coffee and then still sleep okay or fall asleep okay, but they might not be getting down into the deeper levels of sleep just because of the caffeine is is underlying lifting them out of that and just keeping them. Same thing with alcohol. I'm sure you guys you have your aura rings. You know, if you drink late and then track your your deep sleep, you skip it. Like you're yeah. you're unconscious, but you're never getting into that restorative where you're where they think, you know, the research is pointing the, the microglial cells swell and open up the blood-brain barrier and you clear out a lot of the oxidative stress that, from cellular res- respiration that you've done throughout the day really only happens when you rest deeply in, in, in a deep cycle of sleep. So if you're cutting that off by looking at your screen late at night, eating too late will disrupt it. Drinking alcohol disrupts it. Drinking coffee too late disrupts it. So all those little things, again, just kind of taking into account add up all the little one percents just doing small changes to your life you know daily will add up to a really positive benefit in the long run but if the inverse holds true if you just keep doing those those negative things throughout time you know we look at our own father as an example um he always enjoyed a drink when he got home from work you know not he wasn't an alcoholic he didn't drink tons of alcohol but he'd have a rum and coke or a bourbon and coke or something but that was just the habit, you know, one or two, and that was it. But you look at that every single day for 40 or 50 years, sugar and alcohol every night. That probably really affected his ability to get into a deep cycle of sleep. And then chronically doing that over the course of your life probably was a big contributor to, to his, you know, his cognitive decline. So it's taking those little things and making those little changes. That's, that's really important. Yeah. And I know there's a strong link obviously with sleep and dementia. And some people are saying like, is it, you know, the chicken or the egg? Did the bad sleep lead to dementia or did the dementia cause poor sleep? But I would say it's probably the sleep issue, like probably a lifetime of poor sleep that led to that. That makes more sense. Poor sleep habits, sitting up watching the late night news until 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And then, you know, fall asleep in front of the TV, maybe after having a couple of drinks or having a coffee late night. And then it's just that combo. And you don't really think of it being that bad for you, but 
you know, you extrapolate that out over time and it can be devastating. So for someone that's not really aware that they're not getting deep sleep, like I know, uh, Joseph, you're a dolphin like me, lighter sleepers, but for someone that's like a bear that can just hit the pillow and go to sleep, even after watching TV, being on screens, like essentially doing all the wrong things, how would you advise that they sort of make that connection? I mean, other than like check your aura ring, obviously let's like look, look <laughs> at some metrics, but there's a lot of people in my life that I'm sure are not getting quality sleep, but they don't really see a need for it because they just hit the pillow and they're out. Well, again, I think that speaks to being asleep and getting good sleep. You know, the only way you really know is if you can, if you can track it in some way, use your, your watch or your phone or, you know, or there's lots of little sleep tracker apps. Even though if you're, if you have sleep apnea or whatever, you can, you can sit your phone next to it'll record you and it'll tell you how many times you, uh, you woke up or turned around, you know, or throughout the night or your Apple watch can do some tracking. So not, I know not everyone has those facilities for tracking, but you really have to quantify whether you're getting your good sleep because you, otherwise you're just, you're guessing, aren't you? You don't really know. The yeah. same thing holds true for, true for, you know, your health, you know, we really encourage people to uh, get their genetics done, track their biomarkers, understand what their omega six to three ratio is doing in their diet and then adjust accordingly. And that speaks to optimizing the diet filler is everyone's different and there's no one you should just do keto or you're only paleo or I'm vegan only like it's really up to your biology and figuring out what works for you and there's some great techniques for for that there's apps you know you can you can monitor what you eat and then watch your temperature and your heart rate and see well that kind of affected me a little bit maybe I shouldn't eat hot chili peppers <laughs> it's like I might have an allergy to that and but people unknowingly are doing that to themselves all the time and maybe causing kind of chronic inflammation. So it's like you're really trying to dial in and, and quantify what works for you. Yeah. And same same thing we talked about earlier. You can you can ignore it. You can put your head into the sand and say, I don't want to know. Same with the genetic test, same same way with the sleep. I don't want to know. I'm fine. I'm going to get a good night's sleep. I know it. Well, you're gambling a little bit there, you know, now in today's technology, we have the ability to look at all this stuff. And we we really encourage people to go ahead and have a look. Do either of you have a favorite app that you would just throw out there for someone to try that's user-friendly, easy? I think if you can afford it, the Aura Ring is the way to go from from what I see. Other than that, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't had much luck for me with the Apple Watch just because I can't sleep with that thing on my wrist. It's kind of a monster, and, and I don't know how good a job it does anyway. So that's not really an option for me, but, I mean, it has the, some abilities there. But I love the the device of a ring or some kind of smaller band or something like that. But you're right. There's definitely apps out there where you can put your phone like next to your bed or under your mattress and it'll measure your movement. But because of the EMFs, I wouldn't do it more than like once or twice. Like do it one night, maybe two nights, see what's going on and then get the phone out of your bedroom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and most people that I've known that, you know, had like sleep apnea or, or heavy snores or whatever, they had no idea. That they were that they were sleeping so poorly, and they just thought exhaustion and brain fog and stuff was just that was just part of their life. They they just had to deal. And then as they discovered, no, I actually have a problem, a medical problem, and do something about it. And either they get on a CPAP machine or you know one of my friends, and that changed his life. You know, like he was he was near 
like you said, he'd almost had several road accidents, like falling asleep at the wheel. He had no idea that his sleep was that bad. He was a really heavy snorer. And he got on a CPAP machine and it, it totally, totally changed his life. And then since then, he's had some surgeries to open up his airways and stuff, and he, he sleeps a lot better. Wow. Yeah, I, I remember a story that our dad told us. He had a patient come in who ended up being diagnosed with sleep apnea, but he lived by himself no idea that he was snoring, went on like a family vacation and everyone in the house could hear him. And so they were uh. like, you gotta go get this checked out. This is really severe. And so he went uh, to see our dad for sleep apnea, got a sleep study, worst case of sleep apnea he's ever seen. I mean, he wow. was like on the risk, you know, on the end of the risk of having a heart attack any second. Yeah. So wow. that's where that recording can come in, especially if you live alone, just set up that recorder for one night and see if you're snoring. Like snoring is so common though. No one really relates it to it being a problem. It's like, oh yeah, had some drinks, snoring. Oh, getting older, yeah. snoring. Oh, I'm a guy, <laughs> snore. Yeah. Just laugh about it and that's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, it's not normal. For me, it was a function of also my my health state. When I kind of changed my my diet and, and exercise routine, I mean, I went into more of a ketogenic style lifestyle a couple of years ago and probably dropped about 25 pounds. And I, my storing kind of went away, I guess maybe it was just, I was carrying that extra weight and, and, uh, it really, I snored, I snored, I think, you know, pretty heavily, <laughs> my kids would complain, <laughs> but wow. uh, that's, that's kind of abated now that I'm, uh, I've lost a little bit of weight and uh, maintaining that. So you yeah, guys have attribute that to being ketogenic. That's really awesome. You're both ketogenic, correct? Yes. Yeah. Well, you kind of do cyclical. Do you do cyclical keto? <laughs> For me? Yes. Um, yeah. I got when I, Joe and I both started this at the same time. It's pretty interesting. And this goes back to the fact that everybody's different. So we're brothers, we're pretty genetically similar, but he jumped into ketosis and made that switch uh, in the metabolic flexibility, like within a month. It was ridiculous, right? He, he was there. It literally took me almost a year to be able to maintain ketosis and uh but he got into it right away lost 20 pounds and i like oh all right i've lost like two pounds man <laughs> what's going on here but eventually it, it caught up and now it can be actually hard for me to get out of ketosis so it's like i don't know if my body's just like a freight train once again and once i'm in i'm in and, and we just kind of stay in ketosis and we do try to cycle out it, it can be difficult for me to to try the last time i really put a good effort into it I ended up having to eat a lot of carbs to get out of ketosis and I didn't really feel that good. It wasn't very motivating for me to do it again because I was like, oh, I don't, I don't feel that great getting out of ketosis. So I try to every once in a while. Most of the time, though, I stay in a pretty consistent state. Yeah. Fat burning machines. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And that was that change was not for, you know, uh, just for weight loss or as a dietary tool. We really, the whole reason behind being ketosis is for neurologic health, for, you know, for brain health is... And every, all the research is showing it's less oxidative stress running on ketones than running on glucose metabolism. And I just know I feel better and my function better, my my mood, everything from mood to cognitive function to physical energy is better when, when I'm in ketosis for, for me. Yeah. So awesome. Works for you. So why not stick with it? Yeah. yeah. I want more people to understand that the neuroprotective benefits, because I think most people are just hearing about keto and thinking weight loss. So to keep spreading that. Yeah, which it is a great tool for weight loss, you know, and if that's what you want to use it for, 
Um, a lot of people find it difficult to stick with, um, whereas I don't see that. Like once you make the change for me, uh, you know, I guess the mental shift, I don't, I'm never looking for like the keto pizza. It's like, I, I gave up eating yeah. pizza <laughs> it's like, or, or keto donuts. I'm like, I don't eat donuts. So I don't really want a keto donut either. Yeah. <laughs> <Like> so, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good point though. Whatever diet you can stick with is typically the one you're going to lose weight on. So if keto seems yeah. easy and kind of falls into place for you versus other people, I think, like you said, they look for the, the keto pizza and the keto donut. And next thing you know, they're, they're eating 6,000 calories a day. And they're like, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. <laughs> like, yeah. cause that's not for you. Yeah. 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 So I think we skipped over one of the pillars, if we could just wrap them up sure. back with this one. So togetherness, meaning, purpose. I know, again, this is a big thing in the blue zone regions. We see that. So how did you two come across that? And how do you implement that into your lifestyle? Well, I, I mean, a sense of purpose and meaning, you know, I think, although we I've had it in the past, and of course, but really digging deep into this brain health for us has really been like, okay, so everything I've done has led to this point and, and really it feels like this is this is our purpose. This is this is why we're here is to to make some something that was bad for us and flip it and make it good and hopefully take that out to other people and, and make a change in, in what's happening with uh, mental health in this country and around the world. So, but meaning can, can be, can be what's can be for you. It can be your family it can be raising your kids is, is your meaning and your purpose in life. But having, having a sense of what that is when you wake up and not just going, going random without, what you what you live for and what you stand for and like you said in the blue zones that's the the centennial the people that live to be 100 years old they they have a purpose they they get up there they they're still working that's the deal they get up and they're uh, tending to their garden and taking care of their family and it's part of their culture to have have purpose and meaning and not just retire someday and do nothing you know it's just not part of their lives it's just not something they think about and, and the, the togetherness and family and having a sense of community is so important, whether you're related to those people or not, you know, and taking care of those where you live and taking care of those in, in, in our health community now. It, it's such a great thing for us to see you guys again and go to dinner the other night. Um, those things are important as a part of your life to, to, um, to have that human connection with other people. Because we're we're more connected electronically, but more separate in a in a present moment tense sense. Like most people, they just you know they can sit across the dinner table with each other and then staring at their phone the whole time. Oh yeah, you know, and so yeah. you know, and, and in that meaning, as as to Chris's point, you know, meaning finding finding your meaning, finding your purpose. Like what drives you? What excites you? What is what is it that you want to accomplish with your life? It doesn't have to be world changing things. It can be whatever, whatever it is that excites you and, and finding that and, and cherishing it and being grateful for what it is that, that you find your, your meaning. And it's, again, I think that comes back to having that being mindful and, and being grateful helps provide an underlying sense of meaning when you understand and you're grateful for what you've got and what, what the tasks that you have ahead of you, they provide, provide meaning rather than provide just a burden of, of chores that you have to do. So if you have meaning, 
then it motivates you to take care of yourself. It motivates you to eat right. It motivates you to take care of your brain and do the things because that's, you, you got to be on point and be healthy to, to take care of that purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great point. Yeah. And I mean, Lauren and I love doing this podcast just for the sake of sharing information, but you're right. If my brain's not working because I ate poorly yesterday or stayed out too late, I'm not going to be able to be here and be present and really do what I want to do. It is a good motivator though, to have to get on here and, and speak. And especially because we're doing brain health, like I've been <laughs> on point with all my brain health, taking the right supplements and new topics is where I speak. So yeah. it's holding me accountable. <laughs> I, I have to brag. My aura readiness score today was 93. <gasps> oh, wow. Nice. Winner, winner. I, awesome. I was like, I'm going to be ready to go for this podcast. Amazing. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Good. Good. So thank you girls. I would love to pick your your brain with one more thing. I know you guys are on your way home from the Metabolic Health Summit, which just sounded like an incredible event. I was kind of stalking everyone on Instagram to see like what was going on, what speakers were there. So if you could both share like one key takeaway, someone you met, something you heard, anything you can share with us would be great. We were working our booth for for a lot of it. So we were definitely trying to slip out and, and see speakers. And it was great when they came to us and we got to visit with them. One that I got to slip out was Rob Wolf. And he was talking about extended fasting and how there's a possibility that research is now showing that maybe that's not good for longevity. And so his talk kind of set my mind back a little bit like, okay, whoa, you know, it's a, a reminder that, it's an evolution. We don't have it all figured out, you know? So as people go through this and there's more people doing fasting or intermittent fasting or extended fasting, and then we get more research, we're going to find out how it relates to longevity. And we got to constantly be learning and educating ourselves and going to these conferences and listening to podcasts and reading the books because it's, everything's going to change, you know, and that one really surprised me that uh, they think that uh, doing too many extended fasts might actually shorten your life. That's interesting. crazy. Well, what would he classify as an extended fast? Like, like a five day, like a five, five day fast. That, you know, if I, if I understood it correctly, it was, it had to do with telomere length and your clearing of your cells during the fast. And even though you might replenish some stem cells, it's, it might be a net loss over a five-day fast. You might lose some good quality ones that still had some telomere length left to them. And then you only replenish with a smaller amount. And if you do that consistently over the course of your life, it was up to maybe six years of shortening your lifespan. So Whoa, that's pretty significant. Pretty significant there. So he was that didn't really take effect in intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating. It was more on the extended five-day fast. Hmm. Good information. Good to know. Really interesting. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I guess probably the takeaway about the metabolic health summit is is for overall health, whether it's dealing with chronic illnesses like Alzheimer's, dementia, or stuff like Parkinson's and, and epilepsy and cancer, was that uh, you know it's all works its way back upstream to your metabolic health, is your, your health on the cellular level as you know really working your way to the as far upstream as you can go up to where mitochondrial function optimizing mitochondrial function optimizing your cellular operation if you're thinking about it what you're eating and what you're doing um on that cellular level like it, it just everything cascades down from there um you know i mean they're treating 
I listen to people talk about treating glioblastoma brain tumors with metabolic therapy alone, you know, to success, you know, to, you know, mm. to, to great success. And the same thing with everything from ADHD is children with autism. There was some really, really interesting science coming out around uh, metabolic therapy for, for treating all these different conditions. And I, I, that was probably my biggest takeaway is that it's like, if you can work your way up to the upstream as far as possible, which is really the cellular health that everything else falls beneath that. Yeah. Really great. Sounds. Awesome. So on the podcast, we love ending with like one maybe recommendation for our audience. I know you just shared some amazing takeaways, but one thing that our audience could start today to improve their health long-term, putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. It could be something you already said. We could just recap. You said so many amazing yeah, no, things. Yeah. Right. I don't want to say put some memento in your coffee. That's just too, <laughs> too blatant of a pitch. <laughs> that's, I don't a, know. that's just a, that's good. A, that's a good one. <laughs> I, would, I would say start. You know, I, it's so hard for people to make changes in their habits, you know, but find one small thing and just get started. And, and that first step will take you to the next step. So it can be daunting to look at the big picture. Don't try to see the whole thing. Just, just see the next step and take that next step. That's great. That's like the quote, I think it says, day one or one day. Make today day one. Don't keep putting it off. For sure. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Best advice. So now you as the Brain Brothers, you will be starting a podcast soon? Yeah, something we've been planning on for a while. And uh, so for 2020, as we're kind of getting through our rebranding exercise for Memento and incorporating the seven pillars, we're going to start diving deep into those seven pillars and uh, really providing that education in podcast form. So we're really looking forward to that. Amazing. So exciting. Yeah, yeah I can't trying to bring 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 brain health and brain science uh, down to the everyday person. It's a uh, can be daunting, and I love there's some great podcasters out there, and but a lot of them are really heavy when they, with the medical terminology and and acronyms for everything. And you get into it. I've got podcasts where I have to go stop the podcast and go get the show notes and read the show notes and look stuff up as I'm going through, like, I don't know what yeah. they're talking about there. Yeah. And it's like, it takes, it's like, it, it's work to listen to like Peter Atiyah's podcast. I love Peter Atiyah. Oh yeah. Man, Absolutely. Those things are deep sometimes. Yeah. And if you're not a physician, it's like, I don't know what, what are they talking about here? Yeah. So our, our, our mission is to really bring some of that higher level science and talk to these people. And so let's just dumb it down to a couple of, couple of regular old Okies. And uh, so the rest of us can kind of glean yeah. some information out of that. Yeah, that's real. We got to help the people. Awesome. Well, we really look forward to your podcast. So we're going to share information on how everyone can find you after this interview. So you have a Facebook page. Your website is builtforyourbrain.com. You have an Instagram page as well. And we'll just keep sharing that, especially the product, your supplement creamer, which is amazing. Anything else the audience should know? Not off the top of my head. I think that's good. Well, you know, um, our Instagram, you know, Memento Built for Your Brain and uh, Facebook's also Memento Built for Your Brain. Awesome. Cool. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today to chat with us. And I know we'll be seeing you at Paleo FX in April. So if anyone else is going to Paleo, we'll definitely all meet up there. 
Super That's fun right. event. Maybe, may, may, Lauren, maybe you'll remember us this time. Since uh, <laughs> <laughs> Keep taking your creamer. I know. I'm going to take the creamer. I, no, I I'm so say, excited. Uh, our dad, as stocking gifts this year, gave everyone bottles of Memento. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it was, Good on It was a heavy awesome. stocking. <laughs> you did good. That's great. great. Fantastic. Awesome. Oh, All right. Awesome. Thanks again. And thanks to everyone for tuning in today. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Thank you. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. Happy biohacking.